So today I want to talk about getting unstuck in our future. Getting unstuck in our future. Now as I talk about getting unstuck in our future, really what I'm saying is this, is we need to get unstuck from our current situations, our, our current realities in order to obtain the things that God has for us. Getting unstuck in our future. Hebrews chapter 11. We're just going to read some different portions of it here together, not the whole chapter, starting in verse 1. And it says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Come on, how many of you guys heard this verse before? Okay, The whole entire chapter talking about faith, men of faith, women of faith, stories of great faith in the Bible. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. Okay, wow, powerful couple of verses. Now jump with me, if you would, over to verse 13. The Bible goes on and, and, and goes through and starts talking about Abraham, verse 8, look at this. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to a place that he, has, uh, that he would receive an inheritance. And when he went, not knowing where he was going, by faith he went to live in the land of promise. And then it goes on and talks about Sarah in verse 11, his wife. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age. In other words, she was old. Okay. Since she considered him faithful who had promised. Now verse 13. These, who are these, all of the people it's talking about so far, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. They lived in faith, died in faith, but never received the promise. Verse 17, same chapter. By faith, Abraham... When he was tested, same guy we're talking about earlier, promised the son to Abraham and Sarah. By faith, Abraham, when he had, was tested, offered up Isaac, the son of promise. And he who had received the promise was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him up from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Verse 32, okay, it goes on talking about more people of faith, Joseph, Moses, okay, people that passed through the Red Sea, Rahab, verse 32, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, Samson, Japheth, of David, Samuel, the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. Of whom we were, uh, above, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and in caves on the earth. Verse thirty-nine. All of these 
though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Verse 13. Listen to it. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised. The future, the promise. Verse 39. And all these, though commended through faith, did not receive what was promised. Let's pray, God. We thank you for your word today. God, I pray that in the next few moments, God, you would speak to us. Um, that, God, you would challenge us. Um, God, that you would encourage us. And we walk out of this place radically more in love with you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Chapter 11 of Hebrews is known as that great faith chapter. And you read through it and you see so many great men of faith, so many great women of faith, great stories of faith, all of these awesome things taking place in chapter 11. And as encouraging as that chapter is, as you read it, it's also very troubling. It's very encouraging in the fact that we see that their faith carried them through some difficult season, some difficult tasks, some difficult challenges. But it's troubling in the fact that although they persevered in faith, they died in faith, and the Bible says twice in that chapter that they did not obtain the promises of God. They did not obtain their future. They did not obtain what they believed God was showing them. They continued to walk in faith, live in faith, serving God, man, just pressing into God, but never obtained the promises. What does that say to you and I today? What is the reality of this passage for you and I today? Well, the reality is this, that you and I could live in faith, that we could come to church faithfully, we could serve God with all that we have, man, pressing in, saying, God, you promised me this business. God, you promised me this wonderful marriage. God, you promised me children. God, you promised me blessings. God, you promised me joy. And we can live in faith. We can die in faith, but never obtain those things. Wow, great, great message today, Pastor Ben. Thanks for the encouraging word, right? All right, well, let's pray and let's go home. Lord, we thank you. Okay. Think about what the Bible's saying to us. These people, man, they lived in faith. As a matter of fact, it says here that, that they saw them from afar. They greeted them from afar. There's the promise. Wow, it's so awesome. Let's keep moving on. And then we get closer, and then we get closer, and then they would die. Never able to lay hold of the promise. They were stuck in their present circumstance. They were stuck in their present realities, living in faith. Let me ask you this question. How many of you sitting here today whether it was three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, you looked and you saw where you thought God was taking you. Okay? And you woke up this morning, and it's not there. <laughs> it's not there. Man, God showed me something so awesome for my life. Man, God showed me this hot spouse I was going to be married to. Come on, somebody. And you're like, where is she? You're looking for her right now in service, Right? You're looking around. God promised me, you know, I, you know that, that day that I got married, that, man, we would have a wonderful marriage together. and Man, it was going to be awesome. And, and then all of a sudden, you hit some challenging times, right? God spoke to you this awesome business. And you woke up today, and you're like, man, I feel like these guys. I'm greeting it from afar off. <laughs> Where is that business? Where is that promise? Every single one of us sitting here today, 
is walking in that truth right now. In some area of our life, okay, we're walking in that truth. This is not where I saw I met with somebody this past week. We had a great conversation, and, and they were a little bit discouraged. I uh, confessed that to them. I'm discouraged with God. I'm discouraged in my faith. I'm discouraged in life. I said, why is that? They said, because this is not where I thought I would be when I hit this age. I said, well, let's rewind a minute. Let's go back to, let's say, 30. What did you see for yourself? Man, I thought I would be married, and I thought I would have kids. I thought I would have grandkids. I don't have any of that. Which, 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 Which begs this question, what do you do when life seemingly doesn't work out the way you had it planned? What do you do? What do you do when, when you wake up day after day thinking, man, is this the day? Is this the day that I find her? Come on, guys. Girls, is this the day that I find a maybe? Man, is this the day that my business finally gets off the ground? Is this the day that, 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 that finally financial provision comes? Is this the day that that dream that's been in my heart comes to fruition, comes to fulfillment? I mean, I, I mean here's, the, here's the thing, though. Okay? Here's what we need to understand. Okay? Is that too many of us live our Christian life like a lottery ticket. Right? I've bought in. I've got a chance to win. Yeah. If, I just, if I just go to church enough, Come on, if I read my Bible enough, man, I'm going to read the Bible through in a year, and I know that my life will be so much more blessed. And then all hell breaks loose, right? Will your life be blessed because you're reading the Bible? Yes, but that blessing might look totally different than what you thought. As I'm speaking, I'm reminded of of the Christmas story, that beautiful story. That we talk about every Christmas time. And a young virgin girl named Mary. You've, come on, everyone's heard that one, right? Okay. And we read that story like it is just this beautiful picture of Christ coming to the earth. Okay. Angel of the Lord appears to Mary. Mary! You are blessed and highly favored. That's the good part of the story. From there it goes, whoo! Okay. Because I know if an angel showed up in my room after I peed my pants, I would be stoked. I'd be like, sweet, I'm favored. Tell me, what are you going to bless me with? You're going to have a baby. How is that a blessing? I'm not married. I'm a virgin. Okay? So sure, you serve God, be, but the blessing's totally different. Here's the, here's the thing, though. Too many of us live our Christian walk that if we just do good and we serve God and we live in faith and we don't compromise and, and then blessings and then joy and happiness and life and life more abundant. Come on, am I the only one that's done that? Come on, you've heard preachers. You've heard this preacher say it before, right? Just live according to the world and God will bless you. But what happens when he doesn't? Right? What happens when you apply the word and you live faithful to your, to your spouse and raise your kids right and get them in church and you do all these things and yet, man, where, where is that at? What's happening here, God? What's happening? These people lived in faith. 
died in faith and didn't get the promise. Does that sound fair to you? That doesn't sound fair to me. Okay? That, it's troubling. It's troubling when you look at the scripture. But what do you do when you find yourself in these moments? What do you do? What do you do when life doesn't seemingly work out the way that you had it planned or the way that you thought it was going to work out? When I think about Urban Church, man, I love this church that God has allowed me to be the pastor of. Man, I dream about this church and, and whatnot. And I wish I could say that if I just, you know, if I applied every leadership principle and, and I just read the Word of God every day and all those things, that it would just magically happen. I remember thinking about this church before we even planted it, right? Thinking about this church and, and dreaming about this church. And we're three and a half years in. And we're not fully where I thought we'd be at at three and a half years. I mean, come on, I thought we'd be meeting in Qualcomm. Come on, somebody. And there'd be 65,000 people that come to hear me exhort them with the word of God. Okay? Hasn't happened yet. Okay? Still holding on. (laughs) Okay? But here we are, right? And here many of us are living in that. Stuck in our present realities, our present situation. Man, loving God, but what do we do? What do we do? I love Hebrews 11 because so many great people of faith are pointed out to us. And these great people of faith in the Bible, all of them lived in faith, died in faith, but didn't obtain. Here's here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the simple reality of life. Things don't always turn out like we had them planned or like we thought they would. It's the simple reality of life. But here's the simple truth of God's word applied to that reality. The simple truth of God's word is this, is that things don't have to work out according to the way you thought and the way you had it planned in order for God to fulfill his ultimate will in and through your life. Doesn't have to. Why? Because the ultimate will of God, listen to me, the ultimate will of God is not for you to be really happy. The ultimate will of God for you is not that that you would become super rich and blessed. The ultimate will of God is not that you would even find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. Now, hopefully that happens. Hopefully all those happens. Listen to me. I like being happy. I like being blessed. And I'm so happy that I found Mrs. Right. Okay? I like all of those things. But the ultimate will of God is that you would be a vessel of honor, sanctified and set apart for the Master's use so that when God shows up, you are ready to be used by Him. That you can be used at your job place to win others to Christ. You can be used in your neighborhood to win others to Christ. That you can be used in your family to win them to Jesus. That's the ultimate will of God. And if you look at that, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you would give yourself to that, maybe none of the other things would come about, but you're sure going to enjoy the journey. Are you with me? If you give yourself to that purpose and that plan of God, listen to me, you may never get married. You may never have all these riches. You may not even be happy, (laughs) but I'm telling you what, if you fulfill the ultimate purpose of God, Come on, are you with me today? Man, 
life is really good. Life is really good. Yeah, it might not work out like you planned, but you can still fulfill the purposes of his will here on earth. As I'm reading through here, a couple of stories that would stick out to me is this first one, Abraham and Sarah. How many of you guys know that story? If you have not, go back and read it. Here's, here's where you can read it. Genesis chapter 15 to Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 15 to Genesis chapter 21. This story is amazing. And now here in Hebrews, the New Testament, literally thousands of years later, it's, it's being written about. Okay? It's being talked about. Abraham was a man of faith. God shows up to Abraham. And, and gives him all these visions and all these dreams and says, hey, look at the stars of the sky. As many of the stars in the sky, so shall your descendants be. The sands on the seashore, that's how many people are going to come. Nations will come for me. This is the promises of God. God comes and says, hey, you're going to have a son. And Abraham says, man, I'm really old. And God says, I'm God. God trumps old. Okay. Comes to Sarah and says, Sarah, you're going to have a son. Sarah laughs. Why? Because she's ancient. <laughs> God says, I trump ancient. Okay? But listen, if you, if, you, if you go back and read the story, you've got to catch this. The promise of God comes to Abraham and Sarah. And this is what we do far too often. Promise comes. Abraham and Sarah say, thanks for the promise. Okay, we're going to make this promise work now. Because Sarah knows she's ancient. All right, that's the promise of God. How can I make this promise be fulfilled? He is the promise giver. He will be the promise keeper. He is the initiator. We are the responders. Here's what we do. God shows us our future, and wow, this is awesome, and then we get involved. How can I make this happen? You can't. But they try. Sarah looks and realizes, man, I'm ancient. What are we going to do? What do we got to do? Bing! Light bulb comes on. Says, here is, is my servant. Have a child through her. Abraham says, okay. Boom. Ishmael's born. Not of the promise of God. And now we've been reaping the consequences of that ever since. As you follow the lineage. Okay. And too often times, because of worry, God speaks. We start to worry about, man, how's that going to happen? I should probably help God out with his promise. I mean, God, you're big enough to promise it, but I don't know. I should probably help you fulfill that one. Right? They get involved. They mess it up. Here's one thing I've learned about the plans and the promises of God. If you involve yourself rather than him involving you, you'll jack it up. True. You'll jack it up. Just wait on him. Wait for his timing. He who promised it is faithful to fulfill it. So then, now Isaac's born. Okay? And the promises of God in God's timing are fulfilled through him. There's another great one in here. It talks about a man named Jacob in Hebrews 11. And then I think about Jacob, okay? Because there, there are so many times in our life where we see the promise, we work hard towards the promise. And then we wake up and where's it at? We dream towards it, work towards it. Here's a guy named Jacob. And Jacob literally goes on a journey 
to find a wife. Come on, somebody. And this was before the days of Match.com or eHarmony. Okay? It was not just a simple click, 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 click. She's cute. Come on, let's be honest now. I know there's people in here that use that. I don't know you by name, but that's just, it's just, we just know it because of the population of our church, right? I know that you're on eHarmony. I know that you're on Match.com, okay? And I know that you're lying about things on your profile. <laughs> let's be honest, okay? Okay? I mean, some of you probably even have a picture of a different person up, <laughs> you know? Right? And they show up and they're like, oh, you're bald. I thought you had, oh, yeah, that was an old picture of me. <laughs> you're a much buffer, too. Yeah, well, this actually wasn't me at all. <laughs> right? Yeah, this was before those days. He went on a journey to find. Now, look how easy he makes this thing. See, if you want to read about this story, go to Genesis chapter 29 later today. He ma- it makes this seem so easy. Okay? I mean, guys, take notes. Try this one out. See if it works for you. Okay? Try it out. Okay. He goes on a journey. He comes to a well. And he's chilling at the well. Starts asking some people some questions. And all of a sudden, Rachel comes. And he looks at her, and the Bible says he loved her. How easy was that? Come on, somebody. Okay? How easy was that? He loved her. And then he rolls back this stone so she can water her sheep. Okay? I mean, think about it. Hey, I'll just, just hang out at the water fountain tomorrow at work. The next girl you see, baby, I love you. That's right. Take some notes, guys. <laughs> okay? Take some notes. Okay? He says he loved her. And then he goes back to meet father, to meet Laban. Okay? And obviously we don't know the full time period between you know, each chapter and each sentence and all that, but it's like 30 seconds later. He's like, Laban, I'm in love with your daughter. You've known her for like 30 seconds, dude, right? And he's like, okay, well, what, what should we do? And they work out this thing, and, and Jacob's like, I am going to work for you for seven years. Right? Seven years for her. I mean, the Bible paints this picture, man, like she was gorgeous. She was beautiful. She was amazing. She was Pastor Katie. Come on, somebody. She was amazing, right? Just gorgeous. Okay? And he's like, I'm marrying her. Seven years. Think about that. Every day, getting up in the morning, going to work. Man, only six years and 362 days left. Okay? He worked hard. See, some guys, man, they can't wait more than seven days. They can't wait. They meet someone. They're like, oh, she's the one. He might have known in 30 seconds, but he had to work seven years. And then you try to throw out your best pickup lines, you know? Known her for seven days. Like, hey, are you tired? Why? Because you've been running through my mind all (laughs) night, right? You just creeped the girl out, let's be honest. The only place I'm running is away from you, buddy. (laughs) Right? He waited seven years. Some guys can't even wait seven days, and they're following the girl around like a puppy dog. Like, hey. That is not attractive to a woman, all right? You know what's attractive to a woman? Do what Jacob did. Get a job and work really hard. Then maybe she'll notice you. 
How come it's only girls clap and all the guys are like, oh, Whatever. Don't tell me she didn't notice those muscles, though, when he was rolling back that stone over that well. Come on, ladies, we know, right? He works seven years. Man, this is, this is his future. This is his wife. This is his dream. Seven years. The day comes, and he's like, Layman, it's been seven years, bro. I'm ready. He's like, okay. So the festival goes on, and, and obviously Jacob drank a little too much. Okay. And goes in. It's nighttime. Candles burn out. It's dark. Makes love to whom he thinks is Rachel. Wakes up in the morning. Ah! Read the story. It's amazing. Freaks out, comes running out, says, hey, what is this? <laughs> Rachel, that's the one you promised me. You gave me the ugly one, Leah. True story. I'm just telling you what the Bible says, okay? Now, the Bible says it a little nicer. The Bible says that she had weak eyes. It's true. Read it. All right. It's true. Don't get mad at me. I'm just, I'm just giving you the Bible today. Okay? Okay? He freaks out. He's like, whoa, I didn't work seven years for you. Thanks. I needed that <laughs> strobe effect. Sorry, God. I was <laughs> that was God's lightning bolt striking me. Right. Read the Bible. It's there. Seriously, God, knock it off. All right. Um, I don't know what's happening either, but stop it. Joe, you're fired from lights. <laughs> Seriously. Um, It's fun in church, isn't it? He's like, it's custom in our, in our country that the first one's got to get married first. Sorry, dude, I should have told you about that before. I promised you, Rachel. And you know what he does? This is what he does. He works another seven years. Wow. How many of us at that point would give up on the promise of God? How many of us at that point would back out and say, you know, this is not what I signed up for. Here's Leah back. I'm out. Okay? That happens, though, doesn't it? We work so hard and we dream towards something, and all of a sudden the day comes and it's not what we thought it was at all. What do we do at that moment? What do we do when we involved ourselves in the promise of God and jacked it up? We keep going with the promise of God like Abraham. What do we do when we've given ourselves everything to, 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 to obtain what God has given us and we get there and it's not it at all? When we get back involved and we walk in faith. These are lived in faith, died in faith, but didn't receive the promise. What do you do when you're stuck in your present realities, your present circumstance, your present situation, but yet you have not yet walked into the promise of God? What do you do? Let me give you three pictures, uh, scriptures real quickly. Three scriptures real quickly. Pull up the first one. Things you can apply. Go ahead. Pull up the first one. You're fired. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, Jeremiah 29 11. Jeremiah 29 11. We actually had all this planned. 
because we need more partners in ministry to get involved. So if you'd like to help, because we just lost our light girl. So if you'd like to help in lights, man, sign up. We need help in lights. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. What do you do when you're living in faith, but you're not obtaining the promise, and you go back to the Word of God? For I know the plans that I have for you. Don't you wish that God would reveal those plans to you a little more clearly? I mean, this is a great scripture, and although, yes, this is talking specifically to Jeremiah at the time, we can apply these truths to our lives today. God, you know the plans, could you tell me? Nope, okay. What do I do? Here's what you do, because I'm going to give you a future and a hope. When you don't have the future yet, you keep giving yourself to hope. Now, just reading this scripture makes me more excited. Man, God has good plans for me. Plans to give me a future and a hope. I have no idea what it looks like, but it's still an awesome verse. Right? And you can keep walking in hope until you obtain the future that God has for you. I don't know about you, but that, that, that gets me excited. That encourages me today. Because here, here's one thing that, that we've got to realize. Is that the promise was made to Abraham. Man, look at all this. But although it wasn't fulfilled in his lifetime, it was fulfilled in his lineage. That you are not just living for yourself. You are not just dreaming for yourself. Listen to me. This church may never obtain the things that I see it obtaining while I'm the pastor of it. But one day when this church gets handed over to the next pastor, it will continue on and those things will be obtained. Many of the things in the youth ministries I've started I've started two youth ministries that are still going today. I've started two other internships that are still going today. One of them last year had 65 interns in it that me and my wife started back in 2000. Man, God showed us that, but yet we weren't there to see it fulfilled. So what do I do? Just draw back. I ain't going to do it. No, because it's not ultimately about what's fulfilled here on earth. It's about what's fulfilled in eternity. Right. Give me another verse, Philippians 3, 12 through 16. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfected. Now, ultimately, this passage is talking about, man, the crown of glory, everlasting life with Jesus. But the principle, once again, reigns true here to us today. But I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 14. It says that one thing in verse 13, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that lie behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. That sounds like two things, doesn't it? But he puts them as one. Forget and move forward. You can't move forward unless you forget. But once you forget, you can't stay where you're at. You've got to move forward. You've got to move forward. It's one thing. Don't just do half of it. See, we think we're doing one thing just by forgetting. No, you're only doing half. 
You've got to move forward. See, we think we're doing one thing when we move forward, but we're really doing half. We've got to forget what is behind. Forget that. Move forward. Obtain the promises. Lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of you. But I don't see it yet. I mean, you keep moving forward. Keep living in faith. Keep walking in faith. Keep going towards the goal, the prize, the upward call. Let me give you one more verse and we'll end here. Great verses to hold on to when you find yourself in this season. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 through 13. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face when Christ returns. Now I know in part, I don't know the full. I don't know everything. I, I, I don't see the full picture. I'm walking towards it. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now, what do we do? What do we do? We don't know the full picture. We don't have the full thing. What do we do? Now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. What do we do when we're stuck in our present reality, seemingly unable to obtain the promises of God? We live in faith in what Christ Jesus has done. The provision. We hope in the promise of God and the plans he has for you and I. And we live in love. Love for people and love, yes, even for our present circumstances and situations. Knowing that they are going to continue to push us on to the upward call in Christ Jesus. What do you do when you wake up next to Leah rather than Rachel? What do you do when you've involved yourself in God's plan and you've birthed an Ishmael rather than an Isaac? You come back to the plan of God and you keep working. You keep moving forward in faith. You keep moving forward in hope. You keep moving forward in love because the ultimate purpose of God is still being performed in you and perfecting in you that none should perish but all should come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living. God, your word is active. God, your word is sharp. Hallelujah.